leg, Ruffy. We saw that in Sydney earlier this year. He decides just to sit it up. He backs McAvoy in. Well done, Naismith. Ball in dispute to Ray. Little give off the ground goal. Shields gets it. Hawthorne back in front. Jeray to Burgoyne. What about that? Burgoyne, magnificent. Jeray, dangerous centering ball. Ruffhead, one out. down by a goal. They have possession of the footy. Huge play here. Big Mark Gunston. Hawthorne are going to win. They beat Sydney by a goal. Yes, the Hawks made it two from two against Sydney in season 2017, usurping the Swans as the informed team of the competition. Not that anybody cared, of course. Langford was the real story. Or was it the goal review system? Welcome to the one corner of the media that's actually going to give Hawthorne their due. Welcome to the most must-hear podcast for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club, the Hawk Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is a man who must be reeling from the big news this week that one of the greatest players of the modern era has been ruled out of the Brownlow race. Tiz, how are you feeling about Luke Hodge? Oh, I thought it was going to be Luke. Yeah. <laughs> you saw my bait and switch? Oh. Telegraphed it a little too much? Apparently the umpires can't see the bait no, no. for what it is. It's little uh, Tom Papley going down like he was shot. Uh, it, w- it was a rough one. Hodge he was did their best deal. player on the night, and yet apparently Hodgie can't play this week. Yeah, well, go figure. Mind um, you, at least we appealed. Unlike GFC, which sort of went, oh, well, don't you? You've got one already. Don't worry about it. That was pretty sweet, though, wasn't it? I think just about every Hawthorne supporter out there relished the fact that Danger was suspended. Almost every AFL supporter I know was loving that. Why? You want to see Dusty get one. Dusty up in front of a big crowd (laughs) with Bruce next to him, sort of pointing at the words as he reads them. (laughs) It's going to be fantastic Yeah. when little Langers... Let's, yeah. let's the tongue slip into Dusty's ear hole. Oh, <laughs> and suddenly, Tommy, yeah. Tommy Gunn, Tommy Gunn Mitchell, yep. is a Brownlow medalist. Well, we have heard from uh, plenty of people on Twitter this week. If you want to hit us up, all you need to do is head to at Pod, rate and review us on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud, podcast apps and the like. Now, I mentioned Twitter because uh, we had one listener in particular, uh, Grace, asking us to talk about Tom Mitchell and the Brownlow medal. Now, it's not out of the realms of possibility just yet, with danger being suspended, does that change the complexion of this week's game against Richmond? It has to be Operation Stop Dusty, doesn't it? Infuriate Dusty. Yeah, but the, well, that's it. He's already been cited twice, I think, so he only that's needs right, to be yeah. cited again. That's right. He, he only needs like, like Hodge. Yes, and he's done. Yes, yeah, something as piss weak as what Hodge did to Papley, and that's it. It's game over for Dusty for Brownlow 2017. So what we need yep. to do to is, here's my plan. We, ne- we need to bring someone up from Box Hill <laughs> who doesn't usually play seniors, who, you know, outside chance we make finals, we're not intending to have them in is the that, senior there's team. There's a lot of them in the team already, Nick. <laughs> is there? Yeah. You Been there for names? a few weeks now, but, oh. you know. That's my plan. We just need to really... We'll get, get Sicily in uh, Dustin Martin's ear. Yeah. Get him to redirect all that negative energy away from Taylor Duray. He actually did that on the weekend. Did you see that? He put it all on Zach Jones. Poor Zachy. Poor Zach. He didn't know what about? to do, did he? No, no, that's right. No, it was a joy to watch. Did I win that comp, by the way, where you had the caption for the photo? Pretty sure he said, it better be a big ring, mate, or the answer's no. <laughs> yeah, no, you're a contender. I won't give you the satisfaction of saying you won that, <laughs> but you're a contender. How good was it, though, Friday night, just to turn up and know that at three-quarter time we weren't losing that match? 
Really? You were that confident? Absolutely. We had a shocking third quarter. Now, listen, as soon as they have two late outs, yep. you're already well and truly in the box seat. Well, I think it did help. I, th- I think the quality of the outs helped. When you look at Gary Rowan, if he was playing, he went out, he was a very late out due I to back know. spasms. Gary Rowan, you play him. You know, could have been great for us. He has back spasms about 10 minutes later. That's just it, isn't it? They decided not to take that chance, hmm. which sort of let Isaac Smith off the leash a bit. And Who was the other bloke that went out? Lloyd. Lloyd. He was out yeah. a lot earlier than Rowan, though. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <coughs> uh, let's go back to Friday night. I mean, I'm very happy to relive this win, especially in this household. Hawthorne, 10-12-72, <laughs> defeated Sydney, 9-12-66 at the MCG under lights. Yeah, and Buddy got a, a charity goal. Was he out there, was he? It's news to me. Oh, he's definitely out there. Mate, even the MRP not, could not, barely side him. Not oh, <laughs> not getting many touches. No, he did nothing. And the touches he did get, I think he ran at something like 38% efficiency, mm. which is ridiculous. Love that tackle from Howe on Buddy. Oh, wasn't it good? After he'd seen off Kennedy, he thought, I'll have a go at Buddy now. Now, I don't know what Franklin was thinking. It was a very odd piece of play. He tried to do that. Um, Chance Bateman thing where you take to ground and they run over the top of you? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It was very peculiar. But nothing Franklin did came off apart from that cheapy goal. But that that was the beauty of it. That was, And even then, nobody could tell Sicily who'd actually won the free kick. No. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? He seems... Because I thought at the time, watching the game at the ground, mm. I just figured it was for abuse or something. But Sicily seemed genuinely... Push in the back, I think, was the call. Yeah, but they seemed perplexed out it wasn't, there. About it wasn't Sicily's push. That's, no. That's, he ended up with the ball. It was against and Hodge, he didn't, wasn't it? He didn't seem to know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So who was our best player? Oh, it's a tough one. Because I've got to say, McAvoy. Yeah. He saw off two rucks. Yep. Dominated around the ground. Took more contested marks than Sydney. I can tell you had 16 disposals, 8 marks, 5 contested and 1 intercept out of those marks. 23 hitouts, 6 to advantage, 2 clearances and gained 144 metres. And, mm. uh, you know, he's he's kind of returning to the form we saw earlier in the year. That said, it's not a knock on him at all. It's he had a very a, consistent season. He had a terrible start to the year. And Hawthorne you were very, he had a terrible very, start to the yeah, year? Yeah, and Hawthorne were very angry about the ruck rule changes because that exposed our game plan enormously. Am I misremembering it? Do you reckon he had a terrible start to the year? Oh. I thought he was one of our best for a patch there. He was, but <coughs> it was only because everyone else around him was so bad. <laughs> okay. Well. That he just ended up with the tap that he'd trying to, been getting, trying to put down other people's throats. No, he was consistent, but yeah. now he's he's actually... Right. He looks I, like he's stripped fitter as well. He's lost a lot of upper body weight. This is a theory that I buy into. That's a lot better to excel in a champion team rather than, you know, excel in a team that really desperately needs you to fire. Is that sort of what you Big fish, at? small pond thing? Yeah, kind of. It reminds me of like Joe Danaher. It's like, well, of course he looks like a bloody saviour and people are comparing him to Lance Franklin because Essendon have got no one else. You know, who else is... Reaching but, for that brass ring, kind you know? Of, those kind of players, they let the lesser lights be be better players around them. Yeah, I don't think they Dana bring does other that. players into the game. Yeah, no, I don't think don't think Joe does that at all. Just as an example, uh, no, let's let's review the game. Between the two teams, um, the stats are actually fairly even. I mean the scoreboard would probably suggest that for starters, but we had six more inside fifties. That doesn't surprise me, Tiz. We sure burned some chances there, didn't we? Referring back to the third quarter, I think were we goalless for that third quarter? I think we. Yeah, I think so. We peppered the scoreboard with points. I mean, when uh, Burgoyne can't even kick one, you know you're 
you know you're up against it. That, that's the thing. I partially give credit to Sydney because I feel like they were forcing us wide. So the shots we did miss, they were tough to kick anyway. But, I mean, geez, when you have enough shots, you reckon you'd sink at least one of them. It was pretty infuriating. Sydney clawed their way back into it. Well, they did. They changed their game plan and just tried to stifle us completely. And um, I think I I mentioned on Twitter that we'd try and open it up in the last quarter and I yeah. thought we'd run away with it a bit better than we did. Yeah, well, you've already said at the top of this podcast that you were very confident indeed, much more confident than I was. I was just waiting for it to play out to see how we won <laughs> rather than if we won. Hawthorne had 26 shots at 38% accuracy with an expected score of 81. Yep. Actual score, 72. Okay. And Sydney, 21 shots, accuracy 43, expected 77, actual 66. Right. So, <clears throat> it was a fairly bad night in front of goals for both sides. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I am slightly... But there was no you know, real villain of the piece, was there, that uh, just couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. Don't do this to me. But, uh, you know, <laughs> there, there was so much effort defensively in the forward half for us, it was just great. You know, Jeray <laughs> running around, Jeray yes. running around with that with that blonde fella who kept on having all those shots at goal. God, he had a lot of shots, didn't he? All he those, all those forward marks, <laughs> forward fifty marks. I'm not going to go on this podcast every week and talk about Will Langford. You've apolog- I don't know. You've apologised for having a crack at Will in the past. I, I, I think you're just going to have to step it up. You're just going to have to have another no, crack. No, I'm going to double down on that apology because the fact is. <laughs> He is one of our better players right now. He he just needs to hit the scoreboard. Like, uh, and when I say scoreboard, it, it, they need to be goals. Tis, <laughs> you know, where's, where's Kerry when you need him? He wouldn't get in a game in any other side, would he? Was, uh, <laughs> well, look, he he clearly has this one deficiency in his game right now, and that's his kicks. And that's I mean, it's one I tell you th- what, it's he, one thing to stuff up around the field. He can hit a pass. Oh, look. He that, had a couple of beautiful I passes. feel like that's improved. I love his work around the ground. It's just in front of goals now. I hope they're working on it. Someone's got to have clicked, you know, it's got to have tweaked at training that you need to spend more time with him in that area, right? <laughs> Can't be just me. And I know the supporters around me know when I stand in M10. Mm. He did have the lowest disposal efficiency of the side. Oh, did he? Well, there you go. Yeah, 55%. That said, no, I look, I love his determination and grit and he gets in there and gets the ball, but, God, it would have been really handy for him to uh, nail a couple of those shots, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Well, I thought he'd at least nail one of them. It's been the story for a few weeks. But he had five scoring involvements, so you can't, yeah. have, you can't yeah. have a real go at the guy. No, I'm not. No, no, I'd, in fact... He's playing you know, his role. Played, only played 77% oh, of he? the game. Oh, there you go. Which um, just shows that he's obviously... Really busting a gut. Yeah. No, I. in fact, I, I don't criticise him this week. I double down on the apology that I've made in previous weeks. I think he's actually playing quite well. I just would rather him sink some shots. But I've been critical of Bruce for the same thing. You know, the guy kicks one four the other week. Mm. And we lose to Geelong. Well, yeah, when it would have been really handy to get over the line against Geelong. Yep. Thanks for that. Uh, now let's go back to the game. We've got Isaac Smith, who I mentioned before. 26 touches, 12 marks, 5 inside 50s. I thought he was pretty good. Hardly noticed him. Really? Yeah. At the ground, I hardly noticed him. But uh, I did notice Ruffy. Yeah, he Ruffy a big was great. Role. Yeah, 24 touches at 83.3% disposal efficiency. Clunked 8 marks, kicked 2-1. Now the first one, what about thanks to a free kick, yeah. because Zach Jones is an idiot. 
well, he panicked. Yeah. Well, yeah, effectively. That's when Cicely told him about it. <laughs> well, why not? And the second was a beautiful contested mark. Against? Shades of 2014 against Dan Hannabury. Yeah. If he's anywhere near that goal square now and Rocky's <laughs> about, he might as well just pack it in and leave the MCG. <laughs> he's got no chance. Ruffy has owned him twice in that space of the ground in two really key moments. I mean, Ruffy's goal won us the game, effectively. So, there's one bloke who almost goes unnoticed each week. Okay. This should be interesting. Liam Shields That's has put true. together one of the greatest months of football. <laughs> he has been sensational, yeah. And he is now getting on the outside, now that Dan Howes freed him up to be an attacking yep. midfielder. Yep. And Dan Howes doing wonderfully. I mean, he got a bit lucky with Kennedy sustaining an injury. Yep. But even then, he was great. And uh, Liam Shields, 442 metres gained. Yeah, wow. I mean, his disposal efficiency isn't great at the moment, but that's 17 uncontested possessions, which means he's finding the outside and he's making it easier for Smith and Hartung. I think you're right in saying you you probably wouldn't hear about it in the media. He is very much an unsung hero. I've said it in weeks prior. I think he's absolutely key to Hawthorne's side, but... Yeah, he's, he definitely goes unnoticed. Uh, it reminds me a bit of, actually, at the moment, Ryan Burton, who, um, you know, is that a quiet... got to get his act together. My money's on him for the rising star. <laughs> I think your money's safe. Okay. I think he's going to be okay. You're, yeah? Yeah, but he's had a quiet few weeks, but that's all right. Have they changed his role, do you think, or is he getting nah, more attention from opposition? I don't know. It's hard to say, because, I mean, you look at his stats here. 21 touches at 85.7%. The majority of those touches were in the second half when the game was in the balance. Eight in the last yeah. quarter. Well, eight in the last quarter. Eight in the last quarter and 11 to Sicily in that last quarter with a couple of fantastic intercept marks. Oh, absolutely. Very, very much relieving marks. No, I want to get back to Burden, but since you mentioned Sicily, immense once again. He's so good at picking off those entries. (laughs) Uh, He clunks the most marks of any player out there. He pulled down 14 tiers. It's very (laughs) impressive. His ball use has been amongst our sharpest these past few weeks, I reckon. I've got the stat here, 88.5% efficiency. Wow. So when he does get it, he's using it very well. Yep, 88. Taylor Giray ran at 100. Wow. I'll tell you someone else ran at 100. Mm. The Irishman, Connor Glass. Connor Glass, 11 touches at 100%. Showed a lot of grit, I thought. He smashed Buddy at one stage, oh, wasn't fun that, to say. Wasn't that terrific? He did not only Buddy, but someone else on the other side. They both got collected in the same move. I'll tell you what, all four quarters were tantamount to just one big low light reel for Franklin. <laughs> And if you're one of those people that really just hate him and call him Judas, it would have been just an absolute treat Friday night. Yeah, I was called vile people by some people behind me after I kept <laughs> booing Franklin. Um, <laughs> and it was just me. I must be very loud. <laughs> I want to get back to Burton. Uh, it's a very nonchalant professional game he had, 21 at 85.7%. And he was effective. And he was limping like, at one point. Did you notice uh, that? Yeah, I, I did notice that. Uh, I feel like that's been... Um, that, that, that nonchalant yet professional game has been his story for like the last two or three weeks. I'm not needed here, said Sir Burton. And well, he just it's, it's not that he's not needed. I think he still puts in. He's an no, important he contributor. He's a, he's a, but he's not needed to break the lines at this that, point. Yeah, that's right. I think, um, you know, obviously he's had a couple of really huge he does standout games. He does step up when he's needed, Berto. Yeah. As we saw yeah. in Adelaide. Yeah, well, exactly right. That being one of the standout games. But now I think he's sort of... In, in in no bad way at all. He's sort of just fall, fallen back into the pack and he's just a really solid contributor, which is fine. You know, I, I don't mind that a young player does that because, I mean, 
the more time we can have without opposition teams working him out, the better. I reckon <laughs> if, if he keeps on if he keeps on drawing ten- attention to himself, it's going to be a problem. Now, what happened with Hardwick? Uh, he got a concussion. But if you ask me how, yeah, I, I, I would didn't have see no the idea. And we've been asked a number of times online, and I still yeah, don't no, know the answer. People have hit us up on Twitter, which is great, but um, I don't know. I thought I'm no it was closer to the answer. No, I thought it was maybe something to do with Heaney, but uh, oh, that tackle that he got, yeah, I don't know. for, and everybody said that was a fine tackle. Well, that's the second time in two weeks Heaney's done that. So, so, so are you saying that Heaney tackled someone? They got a concussion. Yeah. And <laughs> it was unsighted. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that Why are you trying to apply logic and reason is, to any no, of no, this? No, no, I'm just, just putting it out there. Oh, just spitballing. Uh, and the it's a blue sky session. And Robo Sniper Franklin with <laughs> the round arm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, deliberate, high. Yeah, I don't force. get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Now, apparently Franklin did get fined for one of two incidents. I say one of two. I mean, as far as the MRP was concerned, there was only one. Because the other one just didn't get a look in. But I'm... Look, mate, I'm confused. I don't know. I'm not even saying it to be, you know... I'm not even trying to be one-eyed about it. Like, Franklin should definitely have been suspended and Hodge should have got off and Sydney and conspiracy theory. I'm not even doing that. I'm just... I'm genuinely confused as to why it's played out the way it has. I I don't get it at all. Oh, they just want Sydney to make finals. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You're, so you are one of those people. Oh, that's my inner Geelong fan. He's <laughs> <laughs> very tiny. As most Geelong supporters are. Now, I, uh, I want to ask you, yeah. did you notice that um, decrepit, um, small, kind of really slow fella running around for Sydney? Um, he got a good night kiss at one point. Yeah, I was going to say, was he wearing the number 10? The, the granddad. Saw him briefly. The granddad. The, gran- the granddad. Um, McVeigh. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Jazz. Doesn't he seem like a jovial fella? The language surrounding that incident for him is very peculiar. That he felt disrespected. No, not even disrespected. Pretty disrespected. Pretty as well. Oh, well, <laughs> he took it as a compliment, obviously. <laughs> but why, why that word? Do you think is it is it disrespectful? Like peck on the cheek? I would have thought it was more disrespectful. Some of the things that we've mentioned, Franklin did to Hodge. I, I see. I would class that perhaps as disrespectful, and also perhaps not even in the rules. The, the fact Whereas there, there's no, there's nothing in the rule book about a peck on the cheek. The, unfortunately the fact, for him, the fact is that uh, McVeigh went up to Langford. Held on to him for that whole period. Yep. Wouldn't let go. And then Langers gave him a peck on the cheek and, and immediately he let go. Yeah. So, well, there you go. Well thought out, Langford. <laughs> well done, Langford. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, he probably didn't do it again for the rest of the match. So, what, I guess is, it what is the minimum amount of force I need to use here? <laughs> His head high, <laughs> intentional. One of the best ways to break a tackle I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I don't understand why that was a thing. And the media just ran with it. It seemed, like I said at the top of the show, it just seemed like no one wanted to talk about the fact that Hawthorne won against the form team of the competition. And thank you very much. I said we were the one in 10 and 1 last week in my rant. We are now the, the two, two in, in 10 and 2. Right, yes. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. how that's Keep works. up, tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they're no done. No one wanted to talk about I can't about see Sydney going <laughs> anywhere now. Yeah. That, well, well, I can't reach top four. 
Don't win the Premiership, as far as I can see. Yeah, They've got a number of injuries, too. They picked up three during the match. Yeah, it was a pretty bad night. Two early outs. Yeah. And they're meeting Geelong on a Friday night. And they play Adelaide in the coming weeks, too. Yeah, so it's it's going to be tough for well, them. Well, they did have they an easy draw between us. They could still miss. That's the thing about Sydney. They technically still could miss. No, they will. You reckon they're you, yeah. that's super confident? Because the, I'm, the I'm odds not. are totally against them. We'll make it, but they will <laughs> miss. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you just thought you'd drop that in. We'll make it, but they will miss. Wow. So you, no, no, you, I'm, more wow, confident you about, I'm more confident about Hawthorne's odds okay. than I am about Sydney making it now. Right. That's a little more level-headed than just saying, yeah, we'll definitely make it. Oh, we, we need a hell of a lot of results to go in our favour. We do. We've uh, got to win every game. We heard from a lot of you on Twitter, which is great, at Hawk Talk Pod. That's where you want to head to get in touch with us. We heard from Rowan, who said, next round is huge. So many tantalizing permutations. Tears. And he's right. Now, I'm just going to take a look at who do we need to win and lose this round alone to advance our position. So how do we get to the end of round 20, being in a better position than we are now, and being set up to try and make a run at finals? Okay. So these are the most ideal results for Hawthorne in round 20. Have you included draws? I've not included draws. No, I used the ladder predictor. God, I love draws. That was so good. Did you enjoy that one with Collingwood completely dropping their bundle? I sure did. It could have been better if Collingwood lost, but a draw still suits me. Yeah, no, we needed Collingwood to lose. It would have taken a bit of heat off Hawthorne a bit. It would have been nice, but uh, the draw was fun. Heat off Hawthorne? Collingwood aren't going to make it. They haven't got the coach. No, not not so no, not so much that Collingwood will make it. I don't want them to jump us, which I th- think is still possible. Nah. I think they're just holding our heels on the ladder at the moment. I was and surprised it, how bad Adelaide played that first half. But if you give yeah. up a fifty-point lead from five minutes into the third quarter, it's hard to know who looks good out of that game because Adelaide now have a record of really do you know what it a massive me, lead. You know what it reminded me of? Yeah, that Hawthorne Geelong game. Well, Hawthorne didn't turn up in the first half. Yeah. And then Geelong didn't turn up in the second half. Yes, I remember. I know the one you're talking about. That was incredibly <laughs> strange. <laughs> and the TOB must have been wondering. Like, yeah. Have we been sold a puppy? Did you see that they've paid out? Like they they've paid out. Re- reimbursed, yeah. sorry. All the bets on danger. Yeah, for danger, yeah. Oh, such injustice. <laughs> Let's get to the round ahead. These are the most ideal results for Hawthorne, okay? And you can call bullshit on them. You can interject at any point. Okay. Let's see what you reckon. You got Brisbane winning? Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> That's I, I, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> They're making six changes this week. Fagan's already forecasted. So that's not going to... Who are they playing? They're playing the Bulldogs at there the There you Gabba. go, Nut. <laughs> Mate, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying these are the most ideal results. Okay. Okay, so let's go th- from the top. Geelong defeats Sydney at Simmons Stadium. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they're without danger now, but are they a good chance? Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, I mean, sure. Who knows? On their home turf, you'd back them in. Now, Giants defeat the D's in Canberra. Possibly. Probably. Yeah. Hogan will be gone. Probably. That's right. Uh, Carlton beat Essendon. Uh, mm. Maybe not. I don't see that happening. Uh, Brisbane to beat the Bulldogs at the Gabba. Yeah. Cast some doubt on that as well. Gold Coast defeating Frio on their home deck. Does that... Does that it even d- impact d- us at all? Really, it's it's a Collingwood situation. It okay. would eliminate Frio as our rivals on that part of the ladder. Uh, it'd be good if North Melbourne defeated Collingwood, just for the same reason. No, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen either. What, what giggles? Just shits and giggles. Uh, we need West Coast to somehow win in Melbourne. Who they, are they playing? They need to defeat the Saints. 
Well, Rewalt's announced his retirement. I know, it's rough, isn't it? It's a so, bad time to get this game. Yeah. In that sense. But also, yeah, St Kilda looked pretty shoddy. They barely managed... They played really, really well. Are you serious? They did. What, against Port Adelaide? They lost barely on the last kick of the day. Neither team <laughs> managed to score the entire day. It was very bizarre. Yeah. It's, I, so, no, I, I wouldn't categorise that as good form. Okay. If, I know they only just lost it. West Coast should defeat St Kilda somehow to win in Melbourne. They have won in Melbourne this year. They've done it once. It wasn't against us. No, it wasn't against us. No, we absolutely dominated Who was it them. against? It was at Etihad, I think. I can't remember who it was. Kangas? Someone like that? Yeah, it might have been the Kangas. Uh, now, the showdown doesn't affect us pretty much at all, but Adelaide winning just be nice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, if we get all the results we're after, now that's including the bullshit Brisbane result. We're still outside the eight. We are, but we jump from 12th to 10th. Okay. So that is, I've worked out, there you go, listeners, that's the absolute best case scenario. I've given you the blueprint for our best possible way to advance our position by the end of the round. <laughs> there you go. Of course, that's factoring in us winning two. I, I, I kind of just want to pull out my laptop and work out the odds they're offering for that. <laughs> Bunch of results. Oh, are you saying we should put some money down? I'm saying the lottery is probably a better bet. <laughs> so we shouldn't dip into the Hawk Talk podcast kitty. What kitty? Of zero, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of zero dollars. Like, comment, subscribe, and donate, listeners. And donate. <laughs> well, well, it might come to that. Let's uh, let's get some more questions and comments from Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod. That's where you want to go. We heard from Skeet Nate. Who asked us who's winning coach of the year? Surely Clarko's a chance. He's always a chance, isn't he? Unless he wins the premiership and then he's no <laughs> chance. Because <laughs> as we f- we all know, famously, that's not part of the criteria. Well, for who, coach who of the else? Year. Who the else? Adelaide could win coach it? Don Pike. Don Pike and uh, Daylight. I would have suggested. <sighs> Is this the year that counterintuitively Clarko is a chance because he's turned us around a bit? Hey, what do they base it on? I'd love to know the criteria because. As we've discussed, it's not premierships. So, well, apparently what is they've it? changed when they vote now. Okay. So all the coaches vote, and they used to vote after the prelim. Right. Right. And now they're voting after the grand final. What I want to know is because we know that Clarko didn't win mm-hmm. during the th- the three peat. Who yeah. who did? Did Beveridge win one year? Beveridge did win one year. Okay. I think he won twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. Well, I can well I can understand last Long year. Long won in twenty fourteen, and I'm not that sure who won in twenty thirteen. That is a joke. I'm yeah, sorry. but you got to you got to remember it's like the uh, the Norm Smith. Yeah, where they vote. What is it? Ten minutes into the last quarter. Yeah, right. Okay. Yep. So, I always thought Gunston was unlucky in twenty thirteen. Yeah, Gunston was unlucky. He's uh, Mister September as much as Hodges. I think <laughs> they're gonna fight for that title or duke it out. Um, we heard from Matt as well, who commented, Shields has upped his game this year. Also, who is more of a Mr. Fix-It out of Burgoyne, Gunston and Hodge? Burgoyne. Well, I was going to say, if Hodge is Defender, Mr. Fix-It... Defender, midfield, forward. Well, yeah, true. I think Gunston might become Defender that back. in time. Defender back, yeah. But uh, I think Gunston's got a, a bit of mileage to catch up on before he gets to Burgoyne's level. And as for Hodge, if you're relying on Hodge to be Mr. Fix-It, well... That's going to be problematic in a few weeks' time. Yeah. It's been problematic this week. He tends to break things. <laughs> he does. I mean, starting with Papley's intensely fragile guts. 
And what a vicious hit that was. What a sniper, Luke Hodge. Uh, I've never seen a plumber go down quicker. <laughs> now, Sam has uh, got in touch with us. Titch has the BNF wrapped up, he says. No, he doesn't. Oh, here we go. I've that was, got a wasn't contender. even the whole question. Here I've we, got well, a contender. Okay, go on. The bloke who's risen most in the AFL rankings for Hawthorne mm. is... Is not Mitchell? Is not Mitchell. Okay. Drop the bomb. I want to know you, who. You, you sure? You don't want to guess. Do you want to guess? Do I want to guess? Well... This is our most I, accurate kick for goal. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to run with the, the names that Sam has put up because his question continues. Who makes up the top five for the Peter Crimmins? Now, he suggests, apart from Mitchell being number one, mm. he's gone Big Boy, Silk, Burton... And he says, maybe Smith for mine. Right. I'm going to choose. Burton can't win it. There's no way. Uh, I mean, he's great, obviously, but he's not going to win best and fairest. Um, Silk, no. It's I'm like going to say big boy. Yeah. That's that, my, that's my pick. That's your pick. And he's really He's easily the, the highest rated hook in the AFL, under the AFL rating system. Right, there you go. That's which for matters year. more than, say, your AFL fantasy points. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that look on your face then, brilliant. <laughs> uh, so, well, there you go. Maybe perhaps we've all deeply you underestimated McAvoy's in- year. Intra-club, it's all about yep. you get you score points in the uh, Peter Crimmins by what is asked of you. Right, okay. Not necessarily how many touches you get on the day. That's how um, Josh Gibson did so well. That makes he would sense, nullify yeah. his opponent, well, and provide um, <coughs> and provide an did, attacking flair. Did he win it twice? Yeah, Gibbo won it in 2013 and 2015, both premiership years. Um, there you go. And in between, it was Jordan Lewis. Well, I mean, there's no disputing it was important, but you raise a good point. It's not all about how much of the footy you find; it's how much you're a contributor and playing your role. Aren't there enough Peter Crimmins me- medals with uh, Mitchell on them already? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, Tommy. I mean, welcome to the club, but sorry, son. Um, now, we uh, we heard from... Well, it was a combination of Rowan and Toby who asked sort of the same thing. Who comes in for Hodge, and are, are there any other match-up considerations for the Tigers game this week? You're thinking Vickery. That's what Carlo on Twitter suggested. But uh, no, I'm not thinking Vickery. He it matches up you. really well on Rance. Does he really? Well, Rance kept kicking to him for years. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Rance is an interesting one, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, if the media is to be believed, if the commentators on Channel 7 are to be believed, he's the best player, best backman of all time. Joke's on him. We don't have a key forward, so I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> oh, wow. I have no idea what he's going to do. He's just going to run around not knowing himself. He won't know what to do. He does do that chook with his head off thing extremely well. He not does, even yeah. the Richmond players know where he's going to kick it. Let's look at who's available. If we, Well, if we want to bring someone in, we kind of have to now with Hodge. Um, Vickery, Morrison, Miles, kick five at Box Hill. Yeah, well, who were our emergencies last week? That is a great question. Miles was one of them. Vickery was one of them. Yep. And I forget Heatherly? the third. Yes, that's it. That's the third, Heatherly. So can you see Heatherly coming back in? I mean, it's very much dependent on whether Rewalt shows up this week to play. I would suggest he will. But he isn't. You don't think so? I wouldn't have thought he would. They've got finals. You know, they're going to play finals. They might as well rest him and Dusty. It was only only a minor eye injury, wasn't it? Yeah. After a fortnight, it should be okay after that, surely. I thought it it happened in training only last week. Okay, well, yeah, maybe it's not two weeks. But, oh, well, if Revolt was out, that'd be, be pretty good. 
I think the thing about Tigers, though, is there's been so much talk around their mosquito fleet and their small forwards getting the job done. That might be where the problem is. Yeah, we don't, like, apart from Papley, can you think of many small forwards that have really taken us to task? This Not not really. I, every, you know, it's every game... I mean, if Hardwick gets up, let's hope Hardwick plays because he's yes. very good at nullifying them. Yeah. But if he doesn't, Miles comes straight in for Hardwick, you'd suggest. Yep, no, I agree with that. Um, but you're right about you know, forward line structures of opposition teams. It's always been the teams with the big monstering forwards that I've been worried about. Um, haven't always had to. We've actually done okay. But, um, yeah. And Matera, that was <laughs> a while ago now. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm more thinking Charlie Dixon that one time. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think we've got a really good chance against Richmond. I mean, they can either be in scintillating form or they can forget to turn up they're very yeah. much a if you get it if you get ahead of them early they don't you know they're a bit flaky they're a bit worrisome they don't mm. back themselves all that well and i think clarko really understands their game yeah um they've been our bogey side for a few years wouldn't you say they have but they're not playing that way anymore no that's true they're not playing that they're playing a very much a counter attack yeah very fast backing themselves and if they try to go back to that old style, it'll be interesting to see what happens because it's almost a game of bluff. Who's going to change their game style first? <laughs> Look forward to seeing how it's won. Now, this week is going to be interesting from a an individual perspective. One individual in our team is cel- celebrating a milestone. Big old rough, captain, 250 games. How heartwarming is that? Like, we were just happy yeah. he turned up and played. Oh, exactly right. It's actually, it's you would say it's been a pretty good year. He's he's had his moments that. Oh, he would have been worried getting the captain seeing them were performing so badly and. Oh, it's a massive. It would have been a huge challenge. I remember us. We were talking about how much pressure he would have been under. Yeah, well, not only his own performance, but then trying to marshal the team of young kids. Well, that's that's it, isn't it? I mean, you take on the captaincy after facing to fight for your life quite literally mm. and then you, you get back into it you're you're at the helm of a reasonably successful team you've got that history that's you know that lingers on in the memory it was only recently that we were a three-peat side and then you get into the season proper and it all falls to pieces all of a sudden we we look a rabble Two almost immediately points drubbing yeah where we're and, and completely non-competitive teams like if you can believe it gold coast smashing us by 86 points it, that's really tough for for a new captain to take and then not long after that and i know things you know obviously things turned around but the team starts sustaining injuries and then you have the new line like it's not the front line anymore you get the kids in and now ruffy's got a new task it's not only, well, we need to get ourselves off the canvas. I've got to do it and lead all these new kids who haven't really played that much senior football. Um, it's got, That's a hell of a tough year as a captain. But uh, you'd say he's done pretty well. Oh, he's he's been, handling it beautifully. There's been a few blips along the way with his own personal performance. like, but Yeah, but that that's expected. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, look at even the key highlights from this year. Um you know, obviously sinking the Swans the first time and yeah. then, you know, outmarking Hanbury as we've discussed already on this well, show. Well, that was the renaissance of Hawthorne, beating the Swans <laughs> that time. Yeah, it was. It was uh, yeah, that was a massive turning point for both sides, I think. 
as it happens. Don't forget he, he got his 500 goals as well. That was a great moment too. There you go. It's It has been a pretty, though challenging, a pretty good year for Roughhead. And we've heard from Al, uh, who asks, what's your favourite Ruffy moment? Uh, aside from his magical return this year, I've got to go with his tackle on Hanbury in the 2014 Grand Final. Ooh. Unfortunately, I think Al might have pinched my nomination there. <laughs> I love He's that. He's made it difficult. That is one I just revisit time and time and again. Do you do you have one? He's done a lot. He's won a Coleman. Yeah, I he's mean, won a Coleman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a compilation on YouTube of all of his goals from that year. That's pretty good viewing. <laughs> so, I mean, if you can't narrow it down to a single moment, there's a big package there. I don't know. I've... I've I love Ruffy, but everyone else seems to steal the spotlight for me. I think I know what you're saying. Ruffy's Mr. Dependable. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. And then you've got Poppy and Cyril. And yeah, you think about... They're all the glitz and the glam. Yeah, you think about who he's played with. He's uh, he's played with Franklin, Hodge... Yeah, and then he was second fiddle Burgoyne. to Franklin. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of, uh, you know... Well, One of my favourite moments is the first goal for Cyril in 2015 where yep. Ruffhead just handballs it out. And yeah. Cyril had his own MCG at that point. Do you mean the, the 2015 the, grand in, final? In the Weagles web. Yeah, that was great. That was a terrific moment. Yep. But yeah, Ruffhead, he ha- he's had some incredible seasons. To come back, not only from the Achilles, which yeah. a lot of players don't come back from, hmm. but also his cancer scare. Yep. And then to right the ship at Hawthorne after it looked like it was like we were pretty... But anyway, you know, he he's out there inserting himself in midfield when he feels needed. Yeah. And he creates some terrifically hard hitting uh, yeah. passages of play. Like people must be wondering where the hell Ruffy is if they know he's around the ball. When when we lost him in twenty eleven, yep. that almost totally derailed us for about four weeks, didn't it? I think you do really notice, even now. I mean, obviously the team's come a long way and we've gone through many different changes since 2011, but I think this side has always missed Ruffhead when he's not in. Ruffy, we salute you. It's, it's been a fantastic career. and He pre- knows. Well, he definitely knows how good he is. Don't you think? Really? Oh, yeah. There's a great ego I, there. And it's a healthy ego. I'm not saying he's over yeah, the top. If it's a healthy ego. He knows how good he can be. Mate, if that's the case, I think he carries himself pretty well. Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> said with well, some he doesn't, slight he reservation. Doesn't, he doesn't put up with anything from the opposition, does he? No. I no. mean, do you think he'd be a real talkative fellow out there or he'd just wait uh, for his moment and let you feel his presence? I think as far as the t- our, you know his team is concerned, I think he would be quite chatty. I reckon I, he would have told Hanbury about that, Mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, there'd be <laughs> moments like that. But otherwise, I think, nah, he probably just limits it. I can, I can imagine he just limits it to direction. And his own team. I don't know. Well, you, I mean, you can already see there's some really positive signs in the last few weeks coming through uh, with just his leadership on field. Mm. You know, we, we've through Channel Seven or Fox, we've seen some good vision of it. It's it's been really encouraging, and knowing that Hodge is finishing up quite soon, um, who who has been the leader for so long, and even this year when Hodge is not captain, he still seems like such a figurehead and an important an important presence out in the field, it's nice to know that we're still in pretty good hands. You know, Ruffy's moving to, transitioning to the next phase of his career and it looks like it's um, oh, a hell of a step. He's still playing midfield, he's still yep. up forward, he's 
not changing his body type very much. No, not at all. He'll be back bigger next year, of course. He will be. Now, seeing as we're talking about leaders, Tiz, here's something I want to spring on you in terms of another acquisition from an op shop. Oh. We're returning to the Hawk Talk podcast book corner. Has uh, <laughs> Michael Tuck released a book? <laughs> no, no. no th- this is pretty good, though. This is a massive bo- It's red. It's, <laughs> it's a, not a good sign. It's a big coffee table book. Look at learning that. Learning from Legends. That. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, Learning from Legends AFL. It's a bit of a clunky there's, title. There's no Hawthorne player on the cover. No, there's plenty of Hawthorne players okay. inside. No, I wouldn't buy it, though. The, the <laughs> <laughs> well, I picked it up from for $2. Is <laughs> the price right for that one? Would yeah, you spend? okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, learning from Legends AFL. Feels like it should be Learning from AFL Legends, but anyway. Who's stuffed l- up the title. That's a great sign. Is that Bruce on the back? Okay, so here's, here's the blurb. Based on extensive interviews conducted by preeminent sports commentator Bruce McAvaney, learning, yes. <laughs> learning from Legends AFL explores leadership with nearly 50 of the game's ambassadors. There you go. Uh, d- what's that- an ambassador? That sounds like a very PC title. <laughs> well, do, do you want some names? People are already claiming we've become the AFL PC. We are talking ambassadors. Some of the best players to ever play the game. Yeah. Damien Monkhorst. Oh, I don't think he's in here. Shame. Um, it's, it's quite a big book. It's a big coffee table book. We've got uh, we've got Peter Hudson. Yeah. Uh, we've got we've got players like you know Ron Barassi. Uh, Heard got of him. David Neat, Dennis Pagan, David Parkin, Robert Walls, Michael Voss. Oh, Robert Walls. <laughs> I was trying to find one that yeah, would push him out. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Richardson. Again. Stephen Kernahan. Michael Long, so I mean, yeah, I could go on and on, but I know what you're really interested in is, is Dipper in there. Dipper's in here. Oh, uh, terrific! Let's have a flick over. Now, how did they how did they summarise his whole career into two pages and about three paragraphs with pictures? <laughs> yeah, huge pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, they do quite well. But I, uh, look, I assume. Look, it says interviews by Bruce McAvaney. I imagine he did the content as well. Right. So it's not really ever explicit. I imagine he wrote it. But I've never th- heard of this book, so... Yeah, I hadn't either till I saw it in the shop. Anyway, so let's get stuck into this bit about Dipper. It's a couple of pages. Just got some choice cuts, okay? So go with me on this. Can we get Dipper on? I reckon we can. You know what, listeners? The way to do that is to rate and review us on iTunes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at Hawk Talk Pod. Dipper's having too much fun. He, he look. He seems like such a happy, cheerful bloke. Doesn't you he seem like him to him on the tram that time? I did. Doesn't he seem like great company? He does. He just seems like a fun guy. Anyway, let's get to the book. He used sport to form relationships with the kids who teased him over his Italian heritage. Do you want to play footy? They'd ask. What's that? Oh, you can actually hit and hurt someone without getting into trouble. Good, I'll play. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great excerpt from the book. Uh, I want to. I want to know how accurate that is. If we ever get Dipper on, I might quiz him on that. There's another section about uh, 1977 in which David Parkin got the coaching job. And Dipper says, He was more of a thinker. He brought a new face to the game, new thinking about the running game and the handballing game. He gave each player every Sunday a handwritten letter. Well played yesterday. I thought you did really well. You took 10 marks. I've still got some at home. (laughs) (laughs) That's really nice. Did you know David Parkin did that? No, I, I did had not no know idea. That. How how nice would that be as a player? I did hear um, when Malthouse was talking about how he coached that he would ring every player on the list every Monday morning. Wow, 
That's dedication. That is that is a lot of calls. Yeah, it's. I mean, just to see how they were going with their career and they wouldn't get all some feedback from them. Yeah, they wouldn't all be. Imagine if you were a rookie either. and you had to talk to Malthouse every every Monday morning. How It'd be daunting? Yeah, it would be. How do you schedule that? Does everyone have a set time? You have to answer. I think. <laughs> yeah, there's no message non-negotiable. Bag. You're not screening those. <laughs> All right, so on the 1989 Grand Final, I mean, so much has been said about this. I don't know if this is going to shed any more light on it. Dipper says, As the game went on, my body was starting to inflate like the Michelin Man. Yeah. My voice was going really high. And at halftime, he hid in the toilets. I didn't want anyone to see I was crook. I remember in the dying seconds of the game, I threw myself at the ball. I just wanted to cuddle it. I just wanted to sit on it. And the siren went. Ooh. So he was... You know, obviously it's been well documented he was stuffed, but it seems like he was just well, out of Dermy was peeing blood at one point too. Yep. That game Incredible. Incredible. That that's the that's why they get the title on their learning from legends, because that is legendary. Now, uh, on the weekend, I don't know if anyone caught this, you know footy flashbacks on channel seven? They they do it on a Sunday afternoon before they broadcast whatever live game they're doing. And uh, they had a special. They didn't play like a grand final or a pre- prelim or something like that. They did a Dennis Cometti special. All right. And he counted down his uh, his top three favorite uh, calls, his favorite mm-hmm. games to commentate. Number one was the 89 grand final. And uh, so I sat here. I was very much enjoying it with a bit of lunch. And that it's just an astonishing game still. Absolutely incredible. Did they bring on that ad where he advertises food? As it Not one of his finest moments. Yeah, no. No. Should have just left it there. Just killed the brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a hell of a brand. I think it's going to take a lot more than that ad. Although, it is pretty bad. <laughs> now, let's go to... Uh, we'll get one last quote from Dipper. How about that? One last excerpt. He says, I wasn't a goal setter, and I'm still not. I always believed in one thing, and this is my catch cry in life. It's from Howard Schultz, the guy who started Starbucks Coffee. His what? book's called Pour Your Heart Into It. A single idea and a lot of enthusiasm. Pour your heart into it. You know what? That's me. I am just going to. You're just going to fact check who started Starbucks coffee. When did that ha- When did that start? The first Starbucks opened in Seattle in '71. Geez, okay. He's cutting it fine for adopting his catch cry and life lesson. Yeah, I think that's a bit of. Um, Come on, give Dipper the benefit of the doubt. I like it. I think it's a great message. I think I think it's a very sweet little excerpt of that book that I picked up. I reckon that comes from his restauranting days rather than his Hawthorne yeah. career. Yeah, no, you might be right. Um, now, we were talking about leadership before. We are talking about Ruffy. Uh, in this book, uh, each legend that you can read about, there's uh, a little like a little inset box that is uh, titled Laws of Leadership, and each player gives their idea of... What makes a great leader? Okay. That leads me to Dermot Brereton's Laws of Leadership. Oh, is he in it as well? <laughs> he's in the, he's in the oh, book as well. Okay. Okay, so let's see what he says. After he spent time at Collingwood in Sydney. Yep. <laughs> Make every step count. Be focused in pursuit of your goals. Aim for respect from your peers. Don't turn your back on injustice. That one seems a bit out of the box, doesn't it? Don't turn your back on injustice. That's interesting. Yeah. Seems like he has a real bone to pick with someone there. Hmm. Do you reckon it was Yates or? Well, he'd got Yates before Yates got him back. Is that right? Is oh yeah, is he... that the story behind that? No, he took out his um, his privates. 
you, you leaned into that in such a weird way. You said, yeah, he took out his, I'm like, what, family? What did what did, what did he take out? Wow. <laughs> Some sort of hit? <laughs> I don't know why you said it so weirdly. Well, You had this look um, on your face. It's part of the, what are they, I forget what they call the show, but they've got a story where they interview Yates and they interview Brereton. Brereton yeah. says that he, um, that he knew it was coming. Because right. of what he'd done to Yates earlier. I should remember that because I've actually seen what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, Yates felt very much that he... Because they, they lined up against each other the next round one the following year. And there was no argy-bargy. No argy and or bargy. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, now, we, we are discussing legends of the game. Let's go to the other side of the coin. Let's discuss some are these real dubious scrubs. legends? No, let's discuss the <laughs> anti-fantasy team. Oh. I know you're desperate to know how I recovered after last week. <laughs> now, the aim was, first of all, to field a full team. A full team of underperformers and overrated players, right? I've only managed it once this season. Round seven, I scored 1,601 points. And you thought that was rubbish. Yeah, I did. You thought I could do way better, see I, I've worse seen, than that. I've seen teams score less than that against me. Really? And, they, and they've had a full team? Jeez, okay. All right, going to have to pick up my game. Anyway, in that on that occasion, I had Jared Waite, who scored 150, and Sam Rowe scored 24. So my best and worst, respectively. This round, Tiz, I'm glad to announce I did field a full team. I had to shuffle things around at the last minute. Lewis Jetta was suddenly out of the side. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh McLuggage was managed, so I had to yeah. suddenly make some changes. Now... I slipped back in the ranks. I can tell you that I'm now 125,580 seconds Out in of? Australia. Well, I don't know how many there are, <laughs> but that's a, that's a high number. What, is that not good enough for you? I don't know. It, it doesn't mean much if I don't know how many. <laughs> oh, I guess so. Yeah, if it's out of a million, it's all relative, isn't it? All right. Well, let's start with the backs. Here's how I went. I'm just going to do it rapid fire, okay? You're going to need to keep up. Okay. All right. Scott Thompson, 59. Daniel Talia, 45. Sam Frost, 32. Joel Hamling, 37. Camden McIntosh, 66. Phil Davis, 60. Now out of the backs, the most I've scored there, Tiz, for one player is 66. We are looking good. Wow. We are on to a winner. The anti-fantasy team is the best it's ever been. (laughs) And by that, I mean the dirt worst. Now we move (laughs) on to the mids. We've got Dale Thomas, 53. Alex Sexton, 34. And he's injured, so I'm going to have to replace him. Darcy Tucker is where it all falls apart. Oh, really? 107. His average is something like 70. So he's performed well above himself. 107. Jake Melksham, 40. Bailey Dale scored 56. Levi Greenwood, 66. Zach Fisher, 64. Matt Rosa, 78. So I've still not done too badly there. We move into the rucks. Jackson Trengo was an emergency. And good thing oh. he was. He scored 52. Oh. Magic Door 62. Gee. And then we move into the last last bit of the ground, the forwards, Dean Towers, 78. Reasonable. I didn't spot I didn't seem to spot him at all out there on a Friday night, I'm gonna be honest. How he scored 78, I have no idea. Jake Barrett for the Brisbane Lions, 73. Lewis Taylor, 109. And he gets the honours this week of being the highest scoring player. It's gonna have to move him on as well. Levi Casbolt, 87. Zane Cordy for the Western Bulldogs, 37. Kale Hooker with 61. <laughs> he could have had so many more. He could have had so much more. <laughs> this round is... Did you have Dan Hurd as well? 
No, I have at some points in the season. I remember. Yes, uh, I've gotten rid of him. This round, I scored 1,356. Beautiful. Beautiful. But... I told you you could do better. Do you reckon I can do better again? That's the new, that's the new benchmark. Uh, if you get a few more Carlton players, you should do great. Well, it's a, I've only got two trades, and I have to get rid of Alex Sexton. He's injured. Mm. So I've, I've got to find a new mid for myself. And I dare say I'm probably going to get rid of either Darcy Tucker or Lewis Taylor because they're killing me. <laughs> Who would have thought, eh? I wouldn't bother touching either of them because... You sure? Well, Lewis Taylor's got the dogs. And who does Darcy Tucker have? Uh, it's a great... Oh, the Suns yeah. in Perth. Um, he could do okay. Could get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, get rid of Darcy Tucker. Someone, I forget who it was, um, they actually recommended on Twitter, and I apologies for forgetting who it was, they recommended I pick up Nathan Brown. Yeah. Who is famously having an awful year. But playing every game. But playing every game, exactly right. Now... I said I would move him in this week, but I think I might have to push it back another week. So sorry to whoever you are who posted that. <laughs> I really do appreciate it, but I got to get Sexton out. I got to get Tucker out. So that's going to be my game plan. Is how are you travelling with your own team? Is it much better than this? Uh, I think. Are we into finals now? I don't know. Is is that a thing? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm we so out of my we, depth. We, we play it. We play for finals. So I'm not sure. Uh yeah, so I've got one matchup. I'm up against I'm up against Tuck Shop this week. Tuck Shop, okay. In the Hawk Talk Pod uh. League, but um yeah, I'm doing okay. What am I ranked? Twenty three thousandth. All right, so a bit better than me. You're about a hundred thousand places ahead of me. <laughs> we have different goals. <laughs> we do, we do. Oh, how do you reckon? Speaking of goals, we're looking to win this week against Richmond, who have. Had a pretty good year. I mean, they're inside the top four, aren't they? Yeah, but a generous fixture. They're doing okay. How do you think we'll go? I think we win. Be cool. Yeah, well, I felt overconfident before Sydney, and that look how that turned out. It hasn't steered us wrong yet. Every, I think every time you've been overconfident, we've won. <laughs> so, there you go. You don't um, You don't think so? Uh, I don't think so, Tiz. I know so. And oh, there we go. We, we get go. into the rant. Just like that. Oh, the got, yeah, the rant's back. You didn't think I'd leave Richmond, did you? Now, come when, on. When you're in Canada, can I do the rant? <laughs> well, we should announce to the listeners I am going to be in Canada. That's going oh, yeah, to be a spanner in the works. <laughs> Canada. That's going to be a spanner in the works, isn't it? So I guess you will have to do the rant if I can't get one up. So that'll be different you're for gonna, people. You're going to edit out Canada. <laughs> no, I'm not going to edit out Canada. Are you going to be. Uh, We're going to lose our Canada. Canadian listeners. Uh, demographic. Yeah, sure. Uh, are you up for the rant? I mean, you've got to bring the fire and the passion that I do. Oh, I'm very um, fiery. Well, we've got... Uh, in, the, in the weeks <laughs> the weeks I'll miss, they're going to be Carlton and the Bulldogs. So you've got a lot to work with there. Well, I mean, the Bulldogs give you a free ride. And uh, <laughs> Carlton? Yeah. What am I going to do for Carlton? They haven't got near us in years. 2005. Do you know there's the hashtag, oh, the yeah. last time Carlton beat Hawthorne? Yeah. It's a good one. In the lead up to the match, I promise you listeners, jump on that hashtag and something see what's like going on. Something like we weren't in deficit or something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, put it this way. I don't think Twitter existed. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of great... John Howard was our Prime Minister. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, look, the clock's ticking on it. I know. It's always ticking. There's They're going to beat us someday. there was another like that on the weekend where North... Beat Melbourne. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, people made a big fuss of it being over 4,000 days. 
what they didn't say is our record over Carlton is even greater than that. So, uh, you know, this could be the year it falls apart, but, you know. Really? It's like, well, I don't know. This season? You're kidding Fancy me, aren't you? forecasting that. No, I'm not forecasting it. He's to blame if it happens. No, I'm not. Oh, look, if I am, what are you going to do? Come to Canada? Canada, yes. Canada. Anyway, what is this all about? It's my rant time. You're encroaching on my rant time. We need to oh, wrap up. This will definitely come up in the Carlton rant. Oh, I've drawn some rants up this season. I'll tell you what, Tiz. Richmond, answer me this, Richmond. How am I now 19 rounds in and scratching my head for where to go with this rant? I want so badly to talk about Richard Tambling, Trent Cotchin and the coin toss, the rickety <laughs> yellow and black bandwagon, chicken manure at the doorstep, memberships in the microwave in ninth place. But it's all been done, hasn't it? More so than any other team in the league, you stockpile loads of ammunition against yourself, and it speaks <laughs> ill of my imagination if I lock and load any of it. And that's basically my problem here, Richmond. You're a ready-made punchline, but it's all hack material. So congratulations. You've been so famously mediocre for so long in so many different ways, you're forcing me to try. But I suppose I really ought to try, because there's one key difference about the Tigers this year, isn't there? You guys are finals-bound. So really, I couldn't joke about ninth, even if I wanted to. But you know what I think, Richmond? I think you've turned disappointing your fans into an art form. And this year, you're working on your masterpiece. It's going to be your magnum opus. Consider your loss at the hands of Hawthorne this weekend. A kind of Jackson Pollock splatter. (laughs) A mess you can't really make sense of, but you'll delude yourself into thinking it's pretty. Think of it as a dash of colour that has to happen. It's your journey to lose hope and find it again and lose it again in the finals. Richmond, that journey starts here, and Hawthorne's more than happy to help you on your way. There's something fairy tale about Richmond this year. I just get the feeling that Dusty gets the brown low yeah. in the week before they make the grand final. Yeah. And Dusty plays a blinder in the grand final. Yep. And Jimmy Hurd comes out to present the medal. The Norm Smith. Yep. And Dusty has to accept it in the losing side. (laughs) (laughs) Swerve. I like it. (laughs) I would enjoy that. No end. Especially uh, considering that Herdy said Dusty should go and play for Gold Coast. I think Richmond can make it, though. Maybe. Yeah. Top four. You should be able to make it. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe it's this year. But I will say this, Tiz. Ain't their weekend. (laughs) So. Like Sydney. If they can't beat us, they're done. Yeah, well, you might be right. Oh, this year's an interesting I mean, there's a number of times when they beat us where I thought, oh, well, we can't win the premiership now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I I will admit to being in the exact same position. But there it is, Tiz. That's another episode done. That's in the can. (laughs) Rate and review us on iTunes. You can just find us by searching Hawk Talk Pod or Hawk Talk, Hawk Talk Podcast, whatever. You know how to use search engines and... And, the and, of course, it's been announced that we're playing the Dogs on the Friday night, the last round. Yes, yes. Uh, for anyone interested in that, uh, well, you all should be. Round 23, uh, Friday night, we're going to be playing at Etihad Stadium. They're not going to move it, but uh, get there and celebrate what could be Hodge's last game. I certainly hope not. You shot me a look there like you're kidding, aren't you, mate? I forgot well, about I finals. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Round 23 at Etihad Stadium. Uh, I'm going to miss it. I, I, you know what? Tis, I've seen Hodgie's last game. Well, for me, anyway. That's the last time I would have seen Hodgie was on Friday night. I'm not going to be here. I won't get to see him live ever again. Well, you got the shirt, didn't you? I got the, I'm got. i wearing the shirt. <laughs> I got the shirt on Friday night. 
300 game shirt. Got the 300 game shirt. It's about two sizes too big for me because that's all they had. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm wearing. I'll sleep in it. It's like the Premiership t-shirts you automatically <laughs> buy. And you're like, really? You've sold out already? Yeah. And then you try and buy the one of the losers because you know people <laughs> who back for that size. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, look what could have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so mean. Oh, so love it. mean. Well, anyway, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, get on Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod. We're making a charge for 600 followers by the end of the season, which could be at the end of September, Tears. You just never know. I know you're confident. You mean early October. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little bit arrogant again. You are. I'm loving it. It's been this last month of footy has been exquisite. It's been a lot of fun. What is it, a nine-week turnaround? It's been good. I think you, you make a very good point. Think about where we were in this podcast and what we were talking about about two months ago. It's been a good turnaround and very exciting for 2018. Anyway, very nicely done, Tiz. Very smooth operator. We'll leave it there. We are a happy team in Hawthorne. <laughs>